Hey there, thank you for tuning in to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle and I am One Organized Mama. My apologies, you may be hearing a dog, faint sound of a dog barking in the background. We are still hunkered down a little bit after the um, uh, Hurricane Idalia kind of went through the Southeast United States. I hope everyone out there is doing well if you were in the path. Um, thankfully, we missed, she kind of missed our little area. And um, we uh, just are experiencing school shutdowns. My husband's work has been, he's been having to work from home this week. And as our little town kind of shut down, it's opening back up. So we have some people kind of in and out this morning. And originally I thought, ooh, I'll be home all week. This will be a great time to record some podcasts. And then I realize everyone else is going to be home too. And so it makes for a noisy um, house sometimes. So I'm kind of hidden away <clears throat> trying to find the quietest spot in my home to record this for you guys. I want to stick to my promise and get more frequent episodes out there for you all. So my apologies if you hear a little bit of background noise on this one. But this episode um, was inspired by a recent talk that I gave to a small group of realtors locally. They had asked me to do a give a talk on organization. So I did that and it was actually quite funny. A lot of the the audience members kind of stayed. It was a small audience. I'm not it wasn't a huge thing. It was just after a sales meeting. <clears throat> but they had um all sort of gathered and we kind of collaborated and they're like you know, he, did you do this? And they asked me a lot of questions. And some of them were like, you should get your business back up. And I was like, no way. It's a lot of work. Um, I mean, I absolutely loved it. One of the best things I have ever done by far. But I, I'm getting older. It's This is hard. Professional organizing is, it, it's hard. And yeah, and I've thought about doing something in some degree. And who knows, I might at some point, but really, my passion is teaching, teaching you guys, getting the word out there and letting letting others kind of take this. So if you do have a professional organizing business, here are some ideas that kind of came up in the meeting after my little talk. And maybe you can sort of incorporate these if you're not already or emphasize some of these because this was actually really great feedback from people who are in other people's homes every single day. I also wanted to talk real quick to my professional organizers out there. You guys are phenomenal. You're the number one group that has reached out to me since I've started this podcast. And I love collaborating with you all. Love doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. I really am trying to build a network and membership. And I have a dedicated Facebook page for one Organized Mama members, and yes, it's microscopic at the moment, not going to lie, but I want to grow that. And for those of you that are professional organizers, I really would love to have you guys be a part of it. As I've connected with many of you over the years, I realize a lot of you all have, you're not only just in the trenches of organizing client homes, you're also doing some very similar things and you have your own unique perspective and spin. And I would love to have that. And a lot of my listeners would love to have that too, because they're listening to this podcast for organization and time management tips. 
So if you guys are interested, it's $9 a month to join. You can click on the link in the show notes for buy me a coffee. You can also, for those of you that are like, what is, what is she putting in the the group? Like I was talk about putting like almost like a library of resources and printables and PDFs. I'm actually starting to preview those <clears throat> in the buy me a coffee. So you can actually just kind of click on it. I promise nothing bad will happen. I'm very, I try to be very straightforward, very honest, no strings attached. I'm not trying to like upsell you once you get in. It's just simply $9 a month to join. And yes, you have to be a paid member to join. It's not public. And that's very intentional because I don't want the just general public in there. I want people who are actually very dedicated and interested in connecting as a community and collaborating and doing some fun stuff in there. But one of the things that I do really want to um, to get going are some of the, I don't know, Facebook Lives or Zooms. I haven't decided how I'm going to get back to doing that. But with my professional organizers and do some collaborative things, a lot of you guys will reach out to me and ask me questions. And I'll do the one-on-one coaching. But as a group, we could certainly do some collaborative things in the membership group. And I can would be happy to answer some of your questions as someone who's been in the industry going on. Gosh, am I going on my 12th year? I'm going on my 12th year in this industry. So consider joining. And it's like I said, no strings attached. Just click on the buy me a coffee. I'll take you to the my buy me a coffee page. And there's a membership tab. Click on that and it kind of walks you through how to join. And if you have any questions at any time, um, email me at oneorganizedmama at gmail.com. On that note, I I do want to note because I do get emails from people still who want to be either a guest on the podcast and or collaborate. I was just sort of ignoring these for a long time because I have just sort of found that I get everyone has like their own agenda, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But what I am really finding is that I would rather collaborate and invest back into the people that are the members. So if you're interested in being a podcast guest, if you are interested in collaborating, join the membership. I, I It's just as simple as that. Um, I appreciate the emails. I appreciate the products and services you all want to sell the audience, but I'm I'm totally okay also keeping this very small and niche and really just kind of serving my listeners. So I appreciate all of the people that reach out and say, hey, I'd love to be a guest or I'd love for you to talk about this product or that product. I appreciate it, but I just I, I'm gonna stick to with what I'm I'm doing. So thanks for those emails out there. But let's go ahead and jump into this podcast episode. Um, again, these were uh, after this talk I gave, and I pretty much just went over the four steps and gave some tips for the four steps for organizing a space. And then at the end, gave a small business tip, which I've talked about in this episode before. My best small business tip, especially if you have a small business where you work from home a lot, keep your small business items, your workspace, all of the items that go with that completely separate from your personal. 
and I mean paper clips, staples, printer paper. There's nothing worse than when you're in work mode and you go to print something and you have no printer paper because no one told you you were out. So I always keep my own stash, my own supply separate from my family's. And I keep all of those little items like paper clips and staples because sometimes you might have a small one running through your home who gets a super creative bug and wants to use all of your paper clips or staples as a creative art project. It's happened. It's happened to me. So I encourage you, if you're in this situation, keep everything very separate, even if it's in a bin and you just have like your own stash of items. So after the, the talk, we I had an unexpected collab session with some of the audience members, and it was a small audience, and they were so excited. They were so like, I mean, it was the funnest little collaboration. A lot of them are super organized themselves. They showed me photos of their homes. Some of them asked questions. We went over different ideas. It was a lot of fun. And so I decided to take five of the things that they talked about the most after that talk. And from, again, they were all realtors. So they're in people's homes pretty much all the time. So they see, we see everything when we're in people's homes. And here are some five things. If you have a professional organizing business that you may really want to emphasize, I'm sure most of you have these incorporated in some regard, but if you really kind of emphasize some of these there's definitely a need. I'm here to tell you that. Number one being decluttering. If you offered just a decluttering service and you lived in a pretty large metropolitan area, I'm telling you that would be a home run. It really, really would. There's a lot of emphasis, like I've said, on aesthetics with the organizing. And what I found with One Organized Mama when we were working is that a lot of times I would sometimes kind of get hired after another professional organizing company. So perhaps they did a brilliant job um, on focusing on the aesthetics, but yet they're, they kind of left the, the client with some stuff that they didn't know what to do with and the client didn't know what to do with. So sometimes some of those items got placed into to bins and boxes and were kind of put to the side. So we would go in because we did everything from the decluttering to the space planning to the, the products and, and labels. And yes, it's a lot and I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just saying that's how it was. And whereas some businesses, again, focus more on the, the aesthetics and nothing wrong with this. I'm going to get to this in, in just a second. So what we would go in and do with these clients is just help them deal with the stuff that they didn't know what to do with and the other company perhaps didn't know what to do with. If you have a service like that where your focus is on decluttering, bananas, guys. I guarantee you, your business will go bananas. Think of the garages that we work in. Think of the kids' spaces. People just need help going in and decluttering. So if your business either just solely focused on this, depending on, again, the, the geographic area that you lived in, population-wise, all of that, or this was something that was a big emphasis in your business, it's so needed. It is so needed. 
and I would imagine would be quite popular as long as you're good with it and you enjoy doing it. Because that's the other thing. Not everybody enjoys going through the decluttering process with a client. Nothing wrong with that again. But in order to get organized, it is actually quite important. You cannot skip this step whatsoever. So even if you offered a service where you just went in and your your system was to just go in, help them walk through the, the declutter, do the sorting, have the donations, the recycle, the items that were going to go to specific charities, and then you hauled those items away and, and delivered those for your clients. Make sure you're, you're charging for everything, including <clears throat> delivery time. That would be that would be a huge business. I'm I'm just here saying it, decluttering, just focusing on decluttering. And again, coming from the real estate world where we walk into our clients' homes and when someone is putting their home on the market, they are feeling overwhelmed in general. They are trying to figure out this crazy market. They want to make sure they get the most for their money. They have a lot of paperwork coming at them. They have a lot of big decisions. They have to get their house ready to sell. And so collectively as realtors, they all agreed if there was services out there to just help clients deal with the clutter in their homes, because every home has some form of clutter somewhere, that would be a a great service. And you could definitely market that to a lot of realtors. In fact, you can market all of this stuff. Take, I wouldn't say take realtors out to lunch, but definitely reach out to your Realtor friends, everyone has a realtor friend and realtor communities and just say, hey, look, I'm, I offer these services. This is how I can help. And I actually pay for these types of services for my real estate clients because I understand how overwhelming that it can be. But number two, this is where we get to the pretty stuff. So if your niche, if your talents, if your skills are really fo- focused in the pretty stuff, I have this as functional staging. Okay, so the reason I call it functional staging is years ago, I had a mentor, a mentor through the small business administrator, excuse me, small business administration score program. So I worked with a business mentor slash coach, and he was really into design and home design and he and his wife always hired professional designers to do their homes. And so when he and I were deep diving into my business, he had asked about staging. He's like, this could be a great service that you have in your business. And in order to call yourself a stager, and I don't, I, forgive me, I am I'm didn't do a ton of research on this, but you have to have maybe some kind of certification or skills or you, something. There's, you, I, you, I, I think, and I, I, I feel like I know people who do some staging and I don't know exactly what their qualifications are. So I am really sounding ignorant right now, but this is what he told me. He said a technical stager is like a designer. So there might be some certifications involved in that. But what he said, we could probably call this as more of a functional staging, how to set up your home where it makes sense to you, where it looks nice, where it's focused on aesthetics. And where this is needed in the real estate world is for those photos. 
So imagine, again, a service that you could provide to realtors in your area are helping the home during the photos. Now I'm going to tell you something. (laughs) Go for the realtors who have professional photos. Not every realtor, big, big pet peeve of mine, will pay for professional photos. I pay for professional photos for my clients. I don't care if they're selling a $150,000 home or $1.5 million home. Anything in between, everyone gets the same service. And I hope all realtors out there are doing the same. It's our part of our code of ethics, guys. But I have paid and I still pay for someone to go into my clients' homes and and stage them. And even if this sort of means just picking up the broom, going over there, just making sure there's like three items on the counter and not 16, kind of even sort of helping them pack up a few things and making the home look presentable, ready for photos. There is, let's face it, and I see it a lot, a lot of times those real estate photos come out and people hyper-focus on the the stuff in it. And if you follow any of the real estate funny photos or Uh, there's a lot of them on Instagram and where they'll just show funny listing photos. Sometimes, I mean, like this is on the internet for everyone to see, you know, they, you don't want people to see your personal products and things like that. So it is, and should be the job of your realtor to hide that kind of stuff. And I always tell my clients, the listing photos are like your dating profile photos. We're trying to attract buyers. We're trying to put our best foot forward. We're trying to make ourselves look really presentable and shiny to attract people into to look at that, that home. And so if you're a professional organizer and you focused on this and just said, I offer functional staging, here's where it could be helpful to you as a realtor or and or someone that you know is selling their home, offer that as a service. And then again, this is where if aesthetics is really your specialty, this is where you can shine and your service, your skill, your passion is really needed in this realm. And I've seen a lot of wonderful uh, functionally staged homes. I think a lot of them were pretty organized to begin with, but they're actually a lot of fun to walk through. You know, the when they have the rolled towels by in the basket by the bathtub, that type of thing. They make it look really homey. They have the really pretty displays on the flat surfaces. So the the countertops have the cute little coffee station and there's like maybe the little game table, all of that so that you are showing people how this space can be used. Definitely, definitely something that is needed. Now, I will say this might be something that as opposed to the decluttering, most people need the decluttering. The functional staging might be something that not everyone is going to use and or can afford to use when it comes to this. So you might really want to do some research in your market. And again, what I would suggest for you as a professional organizer to do is just look at the local realtors in your market and see who has the best photos. That's probably who you're going to want to reach out to because they probably really understand this very well and would be likely to either pay for your services and or keep you on one of their vendor lists to provide to their clients. They're probably a really great source of information for this. All right, number three, simply just packing, packing and helping with move out. 
Now, I will say this when it comes to packing. This is, you do want to do your own research, and I'm not going to give you any advice one way or the other, but you need to do your research on liability. So you need to do your research as far as what insurance is needed, if there's a bond that's needed in your area, your community, so that you're you're fully equipped that you're not just going in to pack people's homes willy-nilly because <laughs> I guarantee you I have seen it happen and play out in my life even when we have packed stuff to put it away especially when I had a large team that I was running and you have someone that's packed something away and inevitably something always will get a little scratched or cracked or broken And I tell you, that client will remember who packed that box, or at least they'll claim who they saw pack that box. So it does happen. So you want to be very, very well aware. You don't want to get into a situation that could jeopardize you financially, that could jeopardize your business. So definitely do your research. Just call your insurance company. Tell them what you're doing. And um, one of the great resources for this type of job is moving companies. A lot of moving companies do, some of them do offer packing services, but I have seen plenty out there that just do not, where they're just loading a truck and delivering the the products, the, the household goods. And so again, I would do your research Really, see if you can maybe even take a uh, the owner of a of a moving company out to lunch, just pick their brain. A lot of them, if you offer this service, they will send you so much business. We had a couple of moving companies in Las Vegas that knew of us, and we it was a great refor- referral source because either they didn't have the staff always to help with some of this packing, but they also. Um, didn't always offer it, like I've said. Now, what I did in my business is that I wouldn't pack anything breakable. <clears throat> so we would go in, the clients would have to pack anything breakable. So they were packing their kitchens and stuff. What we would pack are closets, anything with soft items, linens, closets, things like that, that I was confident. And again, this is something that I verified with my insurance company back at the time. And I didn't want to have to go through all the extra steps to protect ourselves when it came to, you know, packing an entire house. So again, some research is definitely needed, but moving companies are a great resource to research this service, but definitely, definitely needed. Now, what I did do, and I love doing, it was number four, and that's unpacking and moving in. So one of my very first like really big jobs, and this is when I was still a solo professional organizer, is I was hired by this couple and it was very sweet. Actually, the husband hired me for his wife. So his wife was, they were both, he was a professional chef and she like did something with the NFL, like she marketing or something with NFL. So she had one of those super busy jobs. They had two little ones. Uh, um, uh, under five years old, I think. So I think they were moving from like Chicago, if I can remember correctly. This has been, gosh, over 10 years ago. So I'm just trying to remember. But very sweetly, he they had purchased a home 
And so he had found me and he said, before my wife and children come out, I just need everything set up. I need the kitchen set up properly. I need the, my wife's stuff. I want all of her stuff completely set up in her closet. And I want the, the children's rooms done. And so the rest of the house they were going to do on their own. So that way, when he picked up his wife and children from the airport, he she was able to walk in. And again, she was an extremely busy woman with two small children and a job that required a lot of travel. So I thought it was incredibly sweet of her husband to provide such a a great gift and service. And it was a lot of fun. So I went in um, and just simply did that. I unpacked, set up her stuff, and I'm sure, I'm sure she came back and changed it. Clients do. I never take it anything like that personally. I just did the best I could in her closet. But he was really happy. Um, and she actually did send me uh, a little text just thanking me after she walked into the house. But it was really fun to set up. They had a baby. So I set up the nursery. That was a lot of fun. That was probably my favorite room to do. And then I will say the toughest room to do was the kitchen because again, he was a professional chef. <laughs> And so he had definitely had his way of organizing a kitchen. And so he had no qualms about going right behind me and redoing or fixing something that needed to done. He's like, this is how I have my my kitchens and my restaurants done and, and kind of came back. So I actually learned quite a bit from him. I, again, didn't take it personally. I just learned. He's a professional chef. I learned some t- tips and tricks from him. But unpacking, setting up homes... We did this a lot, a lot with One Organized Mama. One of the great things that we would do is we would go into the home one to two days before and just sort of walk, do a walkthrough with a client with post-it notes and a Sharpie marker and just sort of map out where things were going to go. So when things were being delivered, we kind of knew, okay, start here. This is where they want the coffee cups. This is where they want the bath towels. And just kind of going through. Now, I will say this. This was something I always had to emphasize with my team. We are there just to unpack and set up. And part of the unpacking and setting up is you have to make time to break down the boxes, take out the trash and recycle items, and you have to make time for it. This is not the time to make everything perfect. We want things neat. We want things tidy. But clients will very likely possibly move stuff around once they start getting settled into their home. So don't spend so much time lining everything up. This is just a time again to make you want it to look neat, of course, but you don't want to spend copious amounts of time because this is a very time consuming service to offer. And that clock is ticking. And if you've spent four hours and you've only done one or two closets, I promise you that client is going to get a little bit anxious. So you want to really kind of keep things moving along. And again, just get it unpacked, get it put away in a tidy manner. You can always come back later if they want you to give them some extra hours, however you want to do it, charge them for some extra hours, do the color coding, do the lining up, all of that at a later time. But again, for an unpack and setup for a move in, you need to be moving pretty quickly because it can get very, very time consuming. And I saw it a lot, especially with newer organizers who would get, and myself included in that, where I would get I would be stuck in a closet for like six hours. And then I, I may have told you guys this story before, but one of my first disaster jobs is that I 
way underestimated the amount of time it would take to do an unpack and set up. And after six hours, I was ready to leave and the client was ready for me to leave. And so I just never went back, never looked back, never went back. It was a disaster because this was before I did assessments. So I didn't do a walkthrough. So I thought it was just going to be, she described it to me as me and my two little girls in a small town home. (laughs) No, it was much, much, much more than that. There was every toy the the children had ever kept. I, this woman had more clothes than what her closet could hold. It was a disaster. And again, I did not do a proper walkthrough of an assessment before I began the job. And after six hours, I was really questioning whether this business was for me. So I definitely encourage you guys to do that as well. But as far as this type of this, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's pretty straightforward. So Again, something that you can reach out to your local realtors and just see if the service is needed. But I will tell you, even if you are advertising on the different channels out there, even social media, someone will find you and they will want this service. I promise you, this is a very popular service. And finally, you can sort of incorporate everything and call it move management. We did this on a few jobs. I love this type of work. I love project managing. I love managing a move. And so this was something where I'm not doing the packing or the unpacking, but I am that go-to person between the movers, the, all of the helpers, the organizers, the cleaners, everything, and my clients. So my client's going to me and I'm taking copious notes and I'm going through and I'm just managing everybody and everything. So I know where everything is supposed to go or what needs to get packed and how it needs to get packed. And I'm communicating that with the movers. I am, I absolutely love this um, part of, I like project management type of stuff. And so if you are very similar, this is something that you can incorporate. Now, it does incorporate all pretty much all four steps of this process. It's, again, managing the movers, planning the move, and it's almost like a concierge service. So this is definitely something, again, it's not going to be for everybody, but if you do have a market in your area that could support this. This is definitely something that you could advertise towards them. I even had a few celebrity clients that they didn't they didn't want to have to stop and give their autograph and take a selfie with every person that came into their house. So this is something too that if you work with high profile clients, this is definitely, definitely something needed. So you're that barrier between your clients and the people that are working in their home. So they kind of have to go through you. Um, and they, you know, not, probably not probably miss out on the selfie. They sometimes too, when you're working in some of these homes, they don't always tell you whose home you're going into. So sometimes it's a little bit of a fun guessing game too. We had that experience where we uh, we were told it was a high-profile pro- client. We got to security. It was funny. The security was even teasing a little bit, saying, do you know whose home you're going to? I said, no. Can you tell me? He said, nope. Then we have to go through a second level of security before accessing the home. And usually <clears throat> in those situations, you are 
it's not that high profile person that you get to meet or talk to. There's actually a staff and an estate manager, a lot of times even a family member, like a mother-in-law, sister-in-law, somebody that works for the family member. And that's the person that you are to report to. And it's actually a lot of fun. If if you can get into that, it, it was so much fun. And again, if you are interested in collaborating more <clears throat> on a lot of these, jump into my membership. Let's do some let's do some Facebook lives or Zooms where I'll answer some questions that you guys have about some of this. Like we can collaborate on pricing because it's it, pricing is varies in a lot of different areas of the country. It's it's sometimes hard to know what to charge for some of these, but I'll kind of walk you guys through how I did that. But again, move management, something that, again, definitely very needed, not by everybody, but by a lot of people. Again, this is going to be probably for your more affluent client. But I will say too, if you serve military clients out there, this is something that I have worked with military clients on where they are busy. And I'm a former military spouse. We did nine moves in 13 years. And if it wasn't for me, I'm not sure how my my ex-spouse would have made some of the moves. And we did some overseas moves. We lived in Guam, we lived in Hawaii, and we lived across the country. So it it sometimes, or if you're a military spouse and you have a lot of experience with this, use that experience and put that into your business as some of your value propositions to communicate to potential clients and help build this aspect. Again, I absolutely love it. But it is definitely something that's a lot of work. And it's very project based. So when you have a client that is in the midst of a move, you are you are focused on that client's like planning a wedding almost you they have your full time attention. And you're kind of at their beck and call a little bit because again, you're helping them plan every aspect of the move and just making sure everything goes smoothly. But again, if you're super organized, you're you're very motivated by this kind of thing, it's actually a lot of fun and very, very valuable to clients. Some of my clients that I've actually have friendships with, these these were my move management clients. These because you really get to know people. You get to know everything about them every aspect of their life. You're helping them with some of the most difficult choices that they have to make when making a move. And so it's it's a really fun job if this is something that is in your heart to do and to offer. So <clears throat> okay, we made this we made it through this without I think minimal barking from the dog. So again, guys, I'm gonna emphasize it and so maybe a broken record, but yeah, consider joining my membership because like I said, I really am passionate about growing a community with this podcast. Um, It's not my intention to be the most famous podcaster in the world with millions of followers. I'd rather keep it relatively small and connect and really listen to you guys, but I want to do it in a collaborative manner. And so Again, no strings attached. One thing that I will say, since some of you guys are doing the one-on-one coaching, is that if you're a member, I may offer a discount on the coaching. So if you're a member and you are interested in one-on-one coaching, I may offer like a a package. So hop on the Facebook group, 
if you've heard this and you're interested and just say, yes, definitely interested in doing some one-on-one coaching with you, um, do it. Let, let me hear from you guys. So again, super, super thankful for you listening to this episode of the One Organized Podcast. Hopefully you got some ideas out there and keep at it. You guys as professional organize, professional organizers, you're just absolutely rocking it. I'm, I'm following some of you on social media. I've seen some of you start out from <clears throat> baby businesses and now you guys have surpassed your expectations, my expectations, you guys are just really rocking it out there and so happy to to watch you go and grow so much. So until next time, I'll see you guys on the One Organized Mama podcast. Mm-hmm.